We are back. Glad to have you here. Welcome, welcome. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. If you're one of the regulars, welcome back. I'm going to cover an interesting topic today about report of earnings. Very common question, but I've run into a couple of cases where patients got in trouble because they just didn't know any better and didn't understand the rules. I thought I'd clear this up uh, to help people uh, because there's a lot of people that don't realize that this is a, uh, a requirement and you can get in trouble for it. So I think we're going to dive in today and do some kind of important to remember. So this particular uh, podcast, we're going to talk about something that not very many people run into, but some run into it when they've been off work for a while as part of an investigation. So I just want to give you a heads up that that's what this is about. And it's also a very important topic because most people don't know about these rules. So welcome to Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Taylor, the Federal Workers' Compensation Consultant. And here on the podcast, we like to do a short format where we discuss all sorts of topics related to OWC and FECA and Department of Labor and Longshore Maritime and any other type of federal workers' compensation. And in short coffee break format, we try to discuss topics that are common to filing appropriate claims, rules and provisions, rights and responsibilities, and we cover tips on how to avoid problems, how to successfully navigate workers' comp, and assist you with your claim. So without further ado, let's dive in and get our coffee going, and we'll start talking about reporting what is required for income reporting. All right, I got my coffee going here. All right, so there is a rule a lot of people don't know about, okay, and it's called FECA DFEC 10.525, and it's about important issues of reporting of income. It's called What Information Must the Employee Report? Now, the reason why I bring this up is that I've seen some scenarios where people were off work, and when you're off work, you don't realize that you're oftentimes being investigated. It's just part of the process of being off work, if you've been off work for a while. One of the types of investigations that are very common that I see most people not know about is report of earnings. Because when you're off of work and you're on some sort of partial disability, and you've been off work for six months or two years or something, uh, having a couple of surgeries, that kind of stuff, it's not uncommon. But you are required to do an, a, a report of earnings. And one of the things that I saw recently in a couple of cases this past year was scenarios where people forgot to report things that they actually are a part of, that they didn't make any money or they didn't report much money or they don't make a lot of money anymore. And I'm talking about things like this one person had a um, some kind of multi-level marketing deal they were in, like Mary Kay, um, and her and her daughter, I think, was in it. Uh, I saw another one where this person had um, some sort of an annuity that was from a, um, uh, as a widow and uh, had forgotten about it being uh, something that she wasn't receiving income from it at the time, but you're supposed to report that you have it as a source. So both of them got investigated and they didn't realize that they were doing anything wrong. They both 
had issues with respect to just not knowing that it's required to report, even if you're not receiving any income from it, or you're receiving such little amounts of income from it that you don't think it's that big a deal. Well, it's required to report it, and if you're not, you can be actually investigated criminally and civilly for this. So let's talk about 10.525, okay? It says that an employee who is receiving compensation for partial or total disability being off work for a period of time, must advise OWCP immediately of any return to work, either part-time or full-time. Now, an employee must report all outside employment, including any concurrent dissimilar employment held at the time of injury, even if the injury did not result in any lost time in that position. In addition, an employee who is receiving compensation for partial or total disability will periodically be required to submit a report of earnings from the from employment or self-employment, either part-time or full-time. And they go on to di- describe what earnings are. We'll come back to that. The employee also must report even those earnings which do not seem likely to affect his or her level of benefits. Many kinds of income, like the ones I was talking about, uh, though not at all, will result in a reduction of compensation benefits. While earning income will not necessarily result in a reduction of compensation Failure to report income may result in forfeiture of all benefits paid during the reporting period. And that's what I saw in these couple of cases. So these compensation benefits are initially paid by your OWCP program when you're off work. Okay, you understand that. At the end of each fiscal year, OWCP bills the Postal Service for the previous year's medical and wage loss benefits. To attempt to control these type of costs, what the Postal Service has is an Inspector General division of the OIG, Office of Inspector General, but it's for the Post Office, and it routinely monitors injured workers. The odds are that if you're injured and you're on wage loss compensation, been off work for a significant amount of time, the OIG is monitoring you. If the OIG has any question that an injured worker is engaging in or capable of working any type of work, it is probable that an investigation will be initiated and OWCP will be contacted. Now, Section 8106B of the FECA Act states that the Secretary of Labor may require a partially disabled employee to report his earnings from employment or self-employment by affidavit or otherwise. In this manner and at the time, the Secretary specifies, the employee shall include in the affidavit or report the value of housing, board, lodging, and other advantages, which are part of his earnings in employment or self-employment, which can be estimated in money. Things like uh, someone who's a renter. Maybe you're renting out uh, uh, an apartment or you have a uh, source of income where someone's paying you some kind of money doing something like cutting grass. or Anything you do that's outside of your normal employment, you have to um, report it. And... You have to report it even if you're not currently accepting it. They ask that you report that is something you've earned money from in the past and could potentially earn money from in the future. An employee who fails to make it an affidavit or report when required or knowingly omits or understates any part of his earnings forfeits his right to compensation with respect to any period for which the affidavit or report was required. Compensation forfeited under this subsection, if already paid, shall be recovered by a deduction from the compensation payable to the employee or otherwise recovered under Section 8129 unless recovery is waived. Guess what that says? They'll bill you for it. 
they'll actually come after that money and force you to pay it back. And that's not a fun thing to happen, but I've seen it happen. All right, there's two primary ways that you as a federal injured worker will be asked to report. There's two forms. There's CA-7, and then there's the EN-1032 form. Now, Section 3 of this Act says that a CA-7 can be used, and the CA-7 states, uh, on Section 3 of the CA-7, you must report all earnings from employment outside your federal job, including any employment for which you receive a salary, wages, income, sales commission, piece work, or payment of any kind during the period claimed in Section 2. Include self-employment, involvement in business enterprises, as well as service with the military forces, like if you're getting partial disability payment from your uh, veteran, uh, veteran service and you have a service-related disability. Fraudulent concealment of employment or failure to report may result in forfeiture of the compensation benefits, and guys, you can be prosecuted criminally for that. Injured workers can avoid forfeiture of compensation and criminal prosecution by reporting all work and sources of income on every CA-7 and EN-1032. There's no penalty for reporting sources of income that you're entitled to that you're not receiving, whereas the penalties for not reporting such income are significant, when in doubt, guys, report everything. Many injured workers that I've seen over the years have made the mistake of not reporting their income from businesses they were engaged in prior to their federal government service, whatever your career is in the government. And on the date of their injury, they may not be receiving that income and forgot about it, but they still need to report that that income exists or could potentially exist especially businesses that may no income or even lost money. You still need to report it. The fact that a business was a failure does not absolve you, the injured worker, from the requirement to report it. OWCP can send form EN-1032 at any time to claimants who are on a periodic roll on the daily roll. Form 1032 requires the claimant to report employment, volunteer work, and dependents or other federal benefits or payments, third-party settlements and fraud offenses for the previous 15 months. The claimant has 30 days to complete and return an EN 1032 if one is sent to you from OWCP. If a timely report of earnings is not made, the right to compensation for wage loss is suspended until the report is received. Perhaps the greatest confusion that I've seen in filling out the 1032 is Part D. There's a question A. And it says, do you receive benefits from Social Security Administration as part of an annuity for federal service? Now, this is confusing language and has resulted in many injured workers I've seen over my career not reporting Social Security benefits, resulting in overpayment and the requirement to reimburse OWCP thousands of dollars. The fact is that many employees do not understand that their Social Security Administration benefits are part of their annuity. The safe thing to do is report any Social Security benefits. OWCP will then contact the Social Security Administration and determine whether a deduction from wage loss compensation is warranted. Now, injured workers need to be vigilant. you got to be mindful of these penalties for failing to respond to requests for information from OWCP. Do not be in the position where the OIG or OWCP can take action against you. When in doubt, report everything. Guys, this is a big problem. I saw, I saw one recently where 
a person was in a Facebook group and their Facebook group was some multi-level marketing that they hadn't even participated in in years. But because they were off work for a significant amount of time, they were being investigated. And because they were they were in this Facebook group, the government went after this person because they said you were working outside of your off work disability and that you're you're receiving benefit or participating in a multi-level marketing that could receive benefit, which is illegal. And that person actually was uh, originally in part of a criminal investigation. And she didn't even remember it. She forgot about it, hadn't done anything in it for years, but it was still on a Facebook page and they found it. So guys, if in doubt and you think, oh, well, I didn't make any money or it was you know minuscule amounts of money, still report it. Even if you lost money, report it. You're always better off reporting it because there's no penalty for reporting something where you don't make any money or you made very little money, but there's a lot of heavy penalties for if you don't report it at all. Okay, this is an important problem that a lot of people don't know about. All right, so it's a little short report podcast, but I wanted to go over it with you today because it's a common problem. And these kind of problems, you really have to understand your rights and your responsibilities. All right, well, that does it for this episode of Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to share this podcast with any other federal workers you think would benefit from this information. Also, if you need an approved medical provider for your DOL, OWC, or Longshore case in Florida, you can find me in Tampa, now at only one location, and in Jacksonville. By the way, I will have a big announcement uh, about Oklahoma. I am in negotiation working on a new clinic. I will be in Oklahoma soon, so stay tuned. Um, If you want to make a consult with me in Florida, you can uh, discuss your case. Or if you know someone in Florida who's recently injured, you can call the clinic at 813-877-6900. Also, if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with your claim or questions or help you and your doctor, you can always email me at fedcompconsultants at protonmail.com. I need to warm up this coffee and get going. As usual, I want to thank all of you who put on that uniform, the badge, deliver that mail, and keep this big government running. This is my big thank you. I do this for free just for you. We cannot do this without all the work that you guys do out there, so this is my big thank you. And remember, if you have an injured federal claim and you need assistance, I'm here to help. See you next time. I'm off to get my coffee warmed up. Keep sending me those emails and questions and comments. I appreciate hearing from all of you. 